thanks for joining us. I think we're on episode 66 of uh, VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. But we'll be honest, we're a bit all over the place this week. I'm somewhere. I'm in Canada. John's being an electrician. Woody's in the middle of like, I don't know what he's in the middle of, but he's in his office. So what we're going to do, and Woody's come off the substance because Matthew Hatton can't make it. So we're just going to have a chat on Bell to Bell this week um, about things that are happening in boxing, things that's happened. I know in a bit we're going to talk about what did happen in Nottingham and what went down last night. For those of us who are, those of you who are fortunate to see it, some of us still haven't for one reason or another. And of course, if you can leave us a review, that would be very, very grateful for that. But um, I'll tell you what, before we talk about Conlon and um, Lee Wood, the sensational fight that, that took place in Nottingham, Woody's our special guest. Woody, it's been... Um, some couple of days for you, a new, another British champion. You've got two out of the three Salford champions there's ever been. And you had your own show last night. So John's got to keep quiet for the, he usually has the opening round. You fire away, Woody. We're all ears. We want to know what's happening in the land of VIP. Yeah, well, Friday night was obviously a special night for us because uh, I think everyone got to know about the Salfordchenko, as uh, Jamie Moore says. So uh, we've gone down to London, uh, the away fighter, fighting a Frank Warren fight on their own town in, in York Hall. Didn't want us to win. And uh, Mark's put on a, on a masterclass, which... Obviously, we all know about him up in uh, in Manchester and uh, the boxing community have been saying, you know, what a good fight it is for the last kind of 15 years because he was a top amateur as well. But he's never been a ticket seller. His style's ones where people don't want to fight him. And we've had to really work hard to, you know, win an eliminator, final eliminator, another final eliminator, move up weight from bantam weight to super bantam weight to get his opportunity. So, uh he got his title fight on uh, Friday night and uh, he took it with both hands and because uh, Chris Burke was such a live opponent and kept coming and coming, even though he was walking on to the summit from the first 10 seconds, um, he made Mark look extra, extra special. So I think what we've got now is um, somebody that we can work with and make it to a superstar because the following he'll get from Salford, as you mentioned before, is only the third person in over 100 years to win a British title, you know, um, that, that, that'll be mentioned a lot in Salford. Obviously, his trainer, Jamie Moore, who I managed as well, was the, the second person. And, and, and think, I think Bowker, it was, who was, I think, 102 years ago. Um, you know, it, it's a great achievement. So we'll get Salford behind him. He's a big Man United fan and uh, try, try and build him up now. And... Um, let everybody know and I think the secret go out on Friday night and uh, it was a long secret you've seen him John you know what a good fighter he is yeah yeah it's, Mark seems to me Steve as if he's one of them he'll rise or fall to the level of the opponent won't he the, the best we've seen Cash Asfak and Chris Bork he's been brilliant in both fights and then he he dropped back down and we've seen him frustrate you against uh, Brett Fido over 10 rounds wasn't it and you're pulling mm. your hair out Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. But the, the two biggest stages he's had, the two biggest opponents he's had, he's just been he's been brilliant, hasn't he? He's, he's more than lived up to the pressure, lived up to the expectation, and he's really shown what he can do on the biggest stages. And you you know, Steve, don't you? Just how, you just mentioned it then, how much the Salford fans get behind from yeah, times with Steve Foster oh, and things like that. If Mark can get going, he I mean, could build behind. 
Couldn't it? The momentum. You know, the, the reason Daddy Foster got so many big fights was because how popular was it? It would be a mad then Saturday night sit, walking down the Deansgate with a Viking boat. And then when he lost the fight, I think they burnt the Viking boat. That's what Vikings do when they lose a war. But one more question to, on Mark, Steve, before you tell us about last night's show, Saturday show. Um, what, what's next for him? What's the situation with him promotionally? Or, or you know, where does he go now? Well, he's got one option with, with Frank Wallen. So, um, in, in the option, I think there's, there's three mentioned. One is a rematch with Chris Port, which I don't think they'll want. Uh, the other is Liam Davis, and then the other one is um, the British champion who got beat by Cunningham uh, Foster, Brad Foster. So, yeah. um, I w- would really leave Davis is fighting Andrew Kane. I would have thought they'll, um, they'll give Foster a, a way back to come. So, I'm expecting. That's who we'll have to fight next, and uh, that's that. That's what we'll do, and then obviously we'll we'll look at the options there. I mean, hopefully he presses again, and Frank Warren might want to do something with him. But um, I know Eddie Earn and uh, Boxer and maybe Wasserman. Now we're looking, and uh, some talent like that, you know, um, some, someone wants to get hold of him. So uh, it'd be a nice position for me to be in, where nobody's wanting to know him. Where. All of a sudden, I think everybody wants to know him. But while we're talking about that, a, a hot subject, you won't have seen it, Steve, being in, in Canada. I mean, Carl Frampton mentioned it afterwards with, with, with Steve yeah, Bunt about saying, like, you know, because the right person's won, no one will mention it. But, you know, he had it, I think, uh, 11 rounds to, to mark and one yeah, draw. Was one sixteen, one thirty, you know, and um, it's like what fights are they seeing? You know, um, I, I actually didn't score it, but I was counting it early doors. But I think we got to like seven and maybe one one draw when we knew we had to get knocked out to to, to lose it, you know. And um, I think he coached with the others as well. So if Ramson's gone eleven and one, he, he might have been ten and, and, and two, you know, uh, did he lose an round? I don't think so. He probably got hit five times in um the old twelve rounds and uh, it, it was as convincing win as you as you could see, yeah, someone had it where he's only one hundred and sixteen, hundred and thirteen. So uh no, you two have seen it. Sandy Ryan fought and, and got out. She got beat by an Argentinian girl. You know, it was, mm. it was she just got outworked, clear as day over 10. One of the judges give it Ryan 97 93. Yeah, this is it's what just, that, yeah, that's nearly as bad as anything from Taylor Catchell. But because the right girl got the decision, it'll just get brushed under the carpet. And that's right. And it's like the ball with a statement. I mean, a lot of the top, but just. Um, that ball with a statement. Nigel Travis said so well on the prod last week. It wasn't just Ian John Lewis's card. What about, you know, one, it would have been, a, it weren't for the knockdown, but the 1 1 3, 1 1 2 would have been a draw, wouldn't it? Or the other. Yeah, so madness. But how was your show last night, Stephen Bolton? Tell us what went down yeah. there. You know what? We had, we had problems with it. And uh, I was thinking last night, bear in mind, I didn't get home until quarter to five on the. Uh, Saturday morning after being in London on, on the Friday night for the show, I was a little bit tired and we'd had matching problems with a couple pulling out early on in the week and then uh, we've had uh, a problem with the, with the Ghanaian thing where, um, we, well, three, three weeks ago, it seems that we've had a ringer on, that, on our show there and the board have uh, suspended the Ghanaians coming in for the time being. So we had a couple of them who blocked out, so we had to bring other people into them and, you know... 
it, it, it's crazy this boxing. You know, people sat outside the two of our show last night, seeing a fantastic show. We wouldn't have known all the problems we've had. You know, like in the last three weeks, I've had a ringer come in, which we knew nothing about. I had last week I lost a fight on the day because the boxing board of control had changed the late substitution rules that you can't have them now. But they've not told us the members, so we didn't know about that. And then last night we've um, had a medical failure. Um, one of the boxers who weighed in the day before come, he's having his doctor's medical and uh, the doctor realised he couldn't see particularly well out of his left eye. You know, when I say particular, well, he, he virtually had no vision out of it. So he, he um, wasn't allowed to fight. So I've had a ring on the boxing board of control and nearly a blind man uh, in three weeks and uh, he... he it puts a lot puts a lot of stress on you. But what I'm saying is that we wasn't expecting what we got, and we got eight cracking fights. And I'll probably go as far as saying in the 26 years of promoting, I might have better shows, but I've never had eight fights as good as that all on it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Two or three good fights on shows, which have been great with another four or five okay, and maybe a couple of non on easy wins. You know, you 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 sixty fifty fours, which you expect, or your forty thirty six thirty sixes. It was none of that last night. That's some uh, absolutely cracking fights: fifty eight, fifty six, fifty eight, fifty seven. Couple of knockouts, and uh, he was finished with, with Jack Blackley coming back with a last minute opponent who, who, who was very, very good. And uh, just winning that one, 58 56, he was fantastic. And it makes you go all proud that uh, everybody stayed. You know, he was busy from the start, he was full at the end. No, nobody went, and they never That's seen good. one back. I was really pleased with last night, Steve. Brilliant. And John, Steve hasn't seen it because of his own show. I, I said, I couldn't see this because the Zone Canada, I got all the way through to, to get a subscription. They wouldn't take my card because it's linked to an English address, I guess. So I didn't see the fight I said on the pod last week. I didn't want to miss it at all. So you're going to have to talk about it. Lee Wood and Michael Conlon. What was it like watching it from the comfort of your home, John, even though you'd have loved it? We've been talking about this fight, haven't we, for a few weeks? Yeah, we last week I was just sick when I suddenly got, so I was getting sent out here. We knew it was good. We knew it, it couldn't fail. Um, and we also said that we thought Mick Conlon had produced the performance of his life, didn't we? But yeah. Mick produced the performance of his life for nine rounds. He, he was better at everything. Um, he, he was more skillful. He could soak up everything Lee, Lee was throwing at him, it seemed. He was outworking him inside and doing a right job on him inside. Lee, I'm not sure, was the best inside fighter, and Mick was just killing him to the body. He just couldn't find them finishing punches. And Lee, the the chin, the heart, the guts he showed in that fight was ridiculous. He was losing. He was losing the vast majority of the rounds. I think after nine, you could have had it eight, one, seven, two. But it was one of those one-sided fights where Lee was constantly trying to land and as it turned out although it didn't look like he was having much success the success he was having and the weight of them punches must have just been empty and mixed tank minute by minute by minute in about a tenth the referee broke them and it, it looked like he was going to collapse from exhaustion it happened really quickly um, and from that point Lee just put his foot down he, he got a knockdown in the 11th and then we've all seen that the finish haven't we it was incredible 
all I've seen is if it what was gonna ask you, Jonathan Sack, I know we're gonna have to ask you about this fight. In the eleventh round, when he went down at the end of the round, the, I mean I haven't seen it, the knockdown that the corner disputed. I, I as I say, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Do you think that give Lee Wood any more impetus having scored that I, knockdown? I, think, I know it sounds it's daft, but I just wonder what you think there. A, a little bit, but I think he knew he had to get a knockout from about round nine onwards. And I, I think Mick degraded so quickly. Honestly, if you watch the fight back, the referee breaks them with about 30 seconds to go in the 10th and Mick's wobbling all over the place and it's just through exhaustion. Um, Lee was looking for a knockout from 10, 11, 12. I, I don't think that knockdown particularly no, spurred him on. I think if Mick had stayed on his feet in the 11th, Lee would have come out from the 12th knowing he had to get a knockout. Um, watching it live, it was weird because the camera angle, it just looked like, again, Mick had just gone from exhaustion and slumped. And when he went backwards out the ropes, I feared the worst because it, it looked like he'd gone unconscious and then slid out backwards yeah, right into the yeah. But th thankfully, it looks like a couple of big people caught him and it was a punch that did it. Uh, phenomenal turnaround from Lee Wood. I tell you what, he, I think he got... After such a fight like that, it's, it's, it's horrible to say he got... Ah, I don't want to say it. He got exposed a little bit by a world-class boxer. You know, he, he couldn't compete with Mick Boxing, but he's the most dangerous guy in the division. He's okay. got the punch turnaround and he carries it to the 12th round. But it's all opened up for Josh, Steve, hasn't it? I was, I was overseeing uh, Josh Warrington last week. He's got a path there, hasn't he? To the unifications he wanted and that Ring Magazine title belt he wanted before Lara turned up and ripped it all up. Suddenly, he's got a pathway right back to where he where he wanted to be a year ago, hasn't he? Well, we don't really want to talk about that for the time being because uh, we made a big mistake once before by overlooking uh, Lara, and we're not going to overlook Kiko Martinez because uh, he he showed last time he's also got that uh, one punch power to to change a fight. So uh, let let's get um, a week on Saturday out of the way, which I'm, I'm really looking looking forward to and uh, hopefully on the, on the Sunday we can start thinking about which route we want to go you know and uh, obviously once we're back being world, world champion uh, we'll, we'll be the draw in, in whatever fights that, that we go for and uh, it, it'll be nice but let's, let's get back to that situation before we start looking into it but am I right in saying that um, Conlon put him over a couple of times in the first and second Someone put him over once in the first with like a big sweeping left hook and it took it took Wood about four or five rounds to get his legs back under him. And honestly, watching it about five or six times through the fight, it looked like Mick could finish him with body shots. The All headshots right. wouldn't have been clean, particularly like a, a big left hook. But they, after the first knockdown, we didn't really seem to be have Lee in any danger of being knocked out, I didn't think, but the body work was just killing him and that was opening yeah. up there. Yeah, it's a strange one, that, because I'm sure I said, seen someone on, on Twitter this morning, might have been Sonny Edwards, who never seems to be off there, Twitter at the moment, uh, saying that if Conlon had got, sorry, it would have got that 10-8 ten, ten last round, which he, he was obviously going to get in, it, in the 12, it'd have been a draw yeah. on someone's yeah. card. How's that when he's been bashed up for the, for all the rounds? Well, that, that's and, the uh, scoring system. Yeah, I think it, I think it would have been a it would have been a majority draw, wouldn't it? But they, they, it, well, we would we would have had a scream up then. That would have been if if, if 
made it to the end of the round, and after everything that's happened in the previous two weeks, the, the world had been ending today with these scorecards because Mick Conlon, Mick Conlon won that fight apart from the last 90 seconds. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so what we say with that Sandy Ryan, 97, 93, one judge has got her winning by four rounds, then the others have, have, have got a losing, you know. Um, listen, we know it's subjective, but uh, something's got to be done, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you wonder now, I mean, just what, 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 I mean, the nat most natural fight, look, I mean, you, you, you don't want to talk about Josh, I understand that, and it, I'm not really including him in this, but the, now the most, you know, the biggest fight in the division is the rematch between Wood and Conlon. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's when, when you go and where you go with it now. You're not going to be able to do this summer out, outside, so if, if it's going to happen this year, it's going to have to be indoors somewhere again and not outside. Because he's big enough yeah. to go outside now. I, I, I don't think they should put. I don't think they should put Mick straight back into it. No, they won't. They won't. You know. That opens up stuff like St Patrick's Day next March, doesn't it, and things yeah. like that. You know, if you're talking a year on, maybe something around Christmas. But I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Mick get first shot at whoever is the unified champion next March sometime. That's it. And the tell you what, you know what? Well, it just shows, doesn't it? Just thinking, you know. Boxing, you know, the in different ways, the highs and lows of this sport. For example, boxing what was it two weeks ago? Boxing's like getting kicked in the gut, and the police are getting informed of scorecards when Jack Cattrall got jobbed in in, in Scotland. Everyone's saying, "I'm not watching boxing again." It's corrupt. And you, you this morning, you got you know, you look at social media, you got the same people just celebrating people comparing it with Bobby Chuck on fights of the eighties and stuff. It just shows the highs and lows, how this all switches. It's almost like the highs and lows for Jamie Moore. From, from the other week, for him and Nigel, what happened to Josh Taylor, to Mark Leach, they took from Oliver Harrison and making him a British champion from Salford. And for you, Steve, as well, you know, the things you had, like, you know, the highs, the lows are the lowest, and then you get the highs of the highest when you go home last night celebrating one of the great shows that you've ever promoted. Yeah, you know, I had Lee Hogan in before, he was just coming for the catch-up, and uh, he was like, you know, like a lot of people, certainly my family, saying, why why did you do it? And uh, you even question it yourself sometimes, because there is some really, really bad, bad periods in, in boxing, but, uh, you know, like, when you know you've had a part of uh, the development and, and making Mark Leach into a British champion, and hopefully... You know, he's not done yet, but we're, we're on our way to changing his life. You know, I mean, I think he still lives in a bloody council house with four kids and, and, and struggling. So, uh, you know, in two or three times, you know, we might be getting him to buy his own house and uh, hopefully pay his mortgage off while he's still a professional boxer. And uh, I think when I look at things, things like that are, are a justification why you do it because um, he's probably... 10 reasons not to, to everyone to, to do it. So, uh, obviously, the, the big, big things in your mind when uh, you can help people um, check, change their lives. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's that Mark Leach story. It's, it's one that's going to, you know, is he going to become one of the who needs him club, though? Who's going to want to fight him? Well, they, they haven't had the, and uh, I'm hoping now because he's got a belt. That's, that, that changes it, you know, and uh, it's changing the past for people. And, you know, I think 
the TV companies um, are going to want to get behind it because, being brutally honest, the, the, the undercard to Mark Leach on, on Friday night was absolutely scandalous. You know, if you were to put that probably eight fights a day, I'd get the eight fights I had on my small hall show last night. Chalk and cheese, absolutely fantastic small hall show last night. That on BT would have had all of the people loving boxing. What we seen on BT, I think seven out of them was, were, were blowouts against absolute dregs, you know what I mean? One of the kids who's in the chain, he looked like he'd been brought out from a crack den, you know what I mean? It was it, it, it was terrible, you know, and uh, you know, we've all got to look at ourselves and, you know, if I can get shows regular like I did last night, I'll be happy, but, you know, um, we're working at a lot lower level than what PT are, and with the, the money got and the people there, they no excuses for putting shows on like that, and um, let's hope that was just a one-off for them, and, uh, and mine's not a one-off, yeah. The other, the other good thing, though, it looks like BT are changing a little bit. You had Bork and Leach headlining on Friday. You've got Jason Cunningham yeah. headlining a show in a couple of weeks. You've got Echo Esserman headlining a show in a few weeks. Why can't Mark Leach against Brad Foster headline a BT show? It, why not? It should be doing. Yeah, should be doing. Well, why not? No, and uh, so what else? Yeah, what I was about John and Steve was you want quality underneath it as well, don't you? And yeah. Two men in the uh, the Cam Brook undercard, and I'm repeating myself on it on pay per view was pissed poor as well and uh, someone has got to get hold of these people who are doing it and say look let's start giving value money to the not just the paying public who's coming on the doors but they, they've got people who are, who are buying subscriptions you know on your BT and, and, and your Sky and say look there's no reason why we've got to do what we're doing here now it's not just a question let's get a big main event together which is good you know let, let, let's give them a decent undercard and I know Friday night was a prospect show and, you know, you, you want to get your kids easy fights when, when they're starting off, but it's easy and, and too easy, isn't it? Yeah, I'll tell you, you what. I'll tell you what's happened the last few weeks, though. They've got lucky with the main events. Like, on Friday, everyone was talking about Leach, although the card, piss, piss poor undercard got forgotten. Khan and Brook was a thriller in its own little way, weren't it? And everyone forgot about the undercard there. Um, I thought last night, the undercard, it, took forever. Jesus Christ. I think the show had been on five hours before the main event started. It was terrible. Wow. Yeah. And no, I right. last night. So they've got out of jail week after week after week with the main events. But that's yeah. not the last forever, is it? That's a good point, John. Really good. And then, as you say, you've forgotten. But it's interesting, you mentioned Kel Brook. I've come out here to Canada to cover a show for fights. On, um, we're recording this on Sunday, by the way, for something that goes out Tuesday. And... Um, the first part, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the gym, do some filming. No, some filming. It was the weighing. No, filming at a media day on Friday. And the first person to walk in the gym is Kel Brook with uh, Kid Galahad in tow, um, mm-hmm. which was but bizarre to see him out here. But I had a quick chat to him, and I, I get the impression that he told me of one offer that's nuts that's been made to him that he's turned down. Um, I get the impression he's heading towards retirement. Yeah, uh, there might be an well, offer. He, he, you know, he's is Khan's exercising his right to have the rematch. Then is that was that what you've heard? Yeah, I've heard that, but it, it, it was another offer. But which he, 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 well, I'm told he didn't say say that. He, you know, someone told me he's turned it down. Um, and 
He's he's he, he, he's mind at the moment is retirement. Can but can yeah. if Kel retires, does that void the Khan rematch clause? I, I, guess, I, 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 I guess it does. I, I guess there'll be some clause that because if someone don't want to don't want to fight, end of the day, you think of Kel Brook's career. He's he's had some handsome paydays. Really handsome paydays, you know. He's he's set for life, and what well, you know, isn't it great that a fighter, you know, is going to go? And it, I, I'd love it if he retired, go out on a high instead of get fed to. Yeah, it was too old. Don't see enough fighters go out. Kel Brook went up in my estimation for his preparation for that calm fight because we saw. I know calm was bad, but we saw what the old Kel could could still do when his mind was right. He might not get his mind right for a rematch, but if he's sinking a retirement, if he if he if he left boxing now on such a high, it'd even go further up in my estimation. Yeah. No, I know what what you're saying, but I was like, I thought it was like a couple of old men fighting there and it made it more of a fair fight. Kells worked out and got him shaped as as enamored he did, but you no, know, could did he do it again? I don't know. But what what I think John was saying was, does the contract say that he can't retire? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like yeah. to know how you you'd take him to court if he said like oh he's it wouldn't be too difficult to get a doctor to write a certificate or a letter mm. saying, you know, you've had hard mm. fights. There'll be scans on his body, his bones, that muscles where they're knackered. And they would say, if he fights again, he could have permanent muscle damage. You try getting that for a court of law. If he retires, yeah. and he won't be able to press anything at all. Yeah, that's that's right. Right. Retire for six months. It should be like, that's it, yeah. They should both yeah. retire. He goes out on a high... Khan goes out, not how he'd want to, but he still goes out. I mean, what was a fucking, what a career, you know? So no, I, Steve, I, I'm thinking, does Brooke retire? That means Khan can't exercise his rematch clause, but it clears Brooke in six months' time to take a different fight. Well, I guess I, that, I, I guess I, that, that, that could be how that. How does that rematch clause work? You, you never know, though, with Kel. He, he's, you know, he's enjoying himself out here for sure. Um but you you never know what, what what he's got in his mind. You know, it's right now. I'm retired. I, you know, I'm on a high. You know, who, who knows? In three months, he might miss it. But I get the impression at this moment in time, he, he isn't. He doesn't got too many intentions of coming back into this sport. Uh, it's a bit like you retiring from drinking all those years ago. That's right. <laughs> I, I tell you, someone I, I, who maybe should have retired from the social exercise demons and um, is Adrian Broner. What a sad sight to see him in a wheelchair. Um, at a hospital the other day, if you've seen the, the pictures of him, really, really sad. You know, I go back to the Box Nation days when um, 2011, 2012, when he was W, it was that was it, w, whatever super featherweight title he had, he was magnificent. And the night he beat Antonio DeMarco to win a world lightweight title, at that time, DeMarco was arguably the number one in, in the division. I think Miguel Vasquez was might have been around as an IPF champion. I'm not sure. But he was the number one in the division. But, you know, that really is a where did it all go wrong. Bad. Bad. Yeah, he, he, people, because he's acted like such a dick over the years, people forget just how good he was. Yeah. Imagine if he was disciplined and, and been a super feather and a lightweight. Oh, even mate, now. Imagine, he's one of the great generation. Yeah, I mean, when Matthew Atten was coming on here, I was, um, well, it was going to be one of the topics because the first time I came across Broner was um, when I went to LA for Matthew's fight against Canelo and he was on the undercard. And 
I knew the name. He's a kid coming up in America. I didn't know what he was going to be. And they had this press conference. And bloody hell, I walked into this press conference and there's these people around him. And they were just the brashest. They were nasty. You just thought, what the hell is this guy all about? It's going to be about. And he got on the top table and it was just, he was just crass. What he was going to do to Ponce de Leon, what he thought of Mexicans. And then he got, he, he won the fight, but it was close. And it was the first time ever I've been at a fight abroad where I've seen a geezer after the fight. Bearing in mind, it was in Anaheim, which is in California. But it was, it was what Mexico was years ago before the Americans claimed the land. So there, it's a Spanish-speaking area of, of California, basically. And he was just pelted with beer, popcorn, hot dogs. The lot is the first time I've ever seen it. But I thought then what a good fight it was. And it's just a shame where it all where, where it goes wrong for these guys. What do you think, Stan? I don't know if you followed Broner's career or you got any sympathy for him. Or, but knowing you, you must probably think, fuck him, because you're hard and you're from Salford. <laughs> no, I, John said he's been a bit of a knob, haven't he? And, uh, you know, uh, it, it hurts when it happens to good people and you see things like that. But you know what? He, he, he is a prick, isn't he? So I... I, 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 I knew there was no sympathy I, for I, you. Uh, I'll tell you what, well, we can wrap it. We've only got about seven minutes left on this. And uh, is there anything, even if you want to get off your chest, you know, you, I knew what you were going to come out with. If there was a, a better day, your opinion on Brona was nailed on. Anything else on your mind, John? Anything you're looking forward to? No, something got on my nerves again, but it's my favourite topic of the lightweights. <laughs> oh, here you go. Just... Luckily, Javonte Davis seems like he's got his head screwed on a little bit more than Broner. He seems to have reined it all back. But they're, ru they're ruining Javonte Davis. You know, he could fight any lightweight, super featherweight, junior welterweight in the world, couldn't he? And they've matched him with this Rolly Romero and the talk. Leonard Ellaby's talking about it's going to be the greatest event in boxing this year. Shut up, Leonard. Not nobody wants to watch that. I mean, everybody wants to see Javante in a big fight against a proper name. We don't want to see Roland Romero. Uh, have you finished? Got, got a fight, Ryan Garcia, for me because uh, you know he's moved on from trainers, and, and I've picked up on a little few things where he said he had no time because he was doing it all with Canelo. And uh, I'm thinking, well, you know, he, he's looked great, and that Ryan Garcia. He's obviously got that big following. He'd have a lot of physical attributes advantages against um, the lads, but. Um, you know, what a fight it would be, you know, the, the, the tanks can, can, can punch, even though I think he's a super feather and not, not a lightweight. But that's the fight me and the world want to see. And uh, it all make a load of money out of it. Um, get it done. It, it shouldn't be hard. And that, that, they could even do that without exaggerating. They could put it in the new 80,000 stadium in LA, that SoFi Stadium, and they could sell yeah. Garcia against Tank Davis in that stadium. That's how big that fight would be. But no, we just want to protect him for another year and drives me mad, honestly. When well, is that the BBC fight, John? I don't know the kid you mentioned there who he signed with anything, but they try to keep things in house, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. When you think the opportunities you're desperate to get for people like Leach, um, mm. at the very top of the game, we're actually turning down opportunities to downgrade things. It, it's all backwards, isn't it? You're at the bottom trying to get up and they're at the top trying to bring the level down, it, it just drives me nuts, uh, honestly. They would just pay so much money at the start of PBC, that trait has followed. 
Yeah. Anyway, fellas, well, thanks very much for this week. Thanks for coming off the subs bench, Woody. Next time, we'll, we won't have you off the subs bench in a couple of months. We'll have you as a proper guest, you know, when we have a structured show. Twenty-four hours notice would be good for me, Steve. I'll be ready then, mate. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, John, for getting out of your kitchen and your loose wiring to join us. And thank everyone for 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 listening this week. Thank you. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across the north, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.